Well, hello and good morning on all 14 of our in-person gathered up campuses or watching online, or maybe you're watching on the treadmill later in the week as you're getting your workout supplemental church service on Anderson, South Carolina. Can you help me welcome all the folks that are leaning in right now? We're so grateful for you, so glad that you're here. Uh, hey, welcome to Sunday at the Masters, by the way. Um, and what a weird, strange, some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? I know it's crazy, but the Masters is being played today in Augusta, and it's crazy. Some of y'all can go home and watch it and take a great nap, anybody? All right, good stuff. Well, listen, you just got to hear from Jason Smith on all of our campuses. He is our Hilton Head Campus pastor, and uh, we are really excited about this overflow season and uh, something that we have done for the last several Several years is look at the end of our year and say, God, thank you for the way you have been kind and generous to us. We're going to overflow. And um, this year, the overflow offering will go straight to the, the facility there in Hilltown. I'm going to tell you more about that uh, today and uh, some other very cool news for our church in the days ahead. Hey, do you have your Bible? If you got them, why don't you open them up to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, you can open up your app and open up the notes there. We'll have some notes there. And while you're opening up, what I want to do is uh, I want to uh, re remind us of where we've been over this season in series as a church called Hearing God. Hearing God has been a series where we have really leaned in and we've just been asking the question, hey, how do you know that you've heard from God? Because I wanna say very clearly again and repeat it, the God of the Bible wants to communicate with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to know that you've heard from him. He's not back playing hide and go seek behind clouds and kind of slipping out here and there. He wants a relationship with you and you can hear from him. So let me remind all of us of how we know we've heard from God. The first way we know we hear from God is number one, we hear from God in his word. We hear from God in his word. Every single time we read the word of God, we're hearing the voice of God talking to us. And so we are a church that is built on the word of God. We hear from God there. Number two, we hear from God by his spirit. Anybody today at a New Spring campus happy that God gave us his Holy Spirit so that we're not alone? Our counselor, our guide, our helper, he's with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what we go through, we hear from God by his spirit. And then the third way we hear from God is we hear from God from his people. We chatted about this last week. We talked about the reality that you and I can get confirmation that we've heard the voice of God from the people of God. The shorthand way of saying it is you need friends who are friends of God. And we want to be in relationships, in small groups, in, in mentoring spaces, in pastoral spaces. And I, I just want to uh, re reiterate, double down on that. You should never make an intimate friend of someone who is not a friend of God. Amen? Because your soul is the most important thing that you've got to protect. And you need some people around you that love you and love your soul well. And you need friends that are friends of God. And those three ways, his word, his spirit, and his people, is how we can know we've heard from God. Well, Today, the rest of the sermon is going to be spent around this truth. I want you to know that you're a part of a church who is committed to hearing the voice of God. And I wanna share with you 
some of the things that your church and your pastors, your elders, your leaders have heard from God about the next 10 years in New Spring Church. Anybody excited about this? Are we okay? Are we ready? You're with me. So Anderson, you're gonna have to be excited for everybody else. I'm gonna share with you something that we're gonna be focusing in on over the next 10 years as a church, a kingdom expanding vision. And I'm really excited about this because I know right now, it seems like in our world, everybody's dividing over everything. And one of the most important things we can do as the people of God is we can decide what the word of God says, the voice of God says, so that we can unite over the things that matter. John 17, Jesus prayed for the unity of his church and it's one of the things that we will fight for and so I'm gonna give you something to get excited about, uniting about, because together we are better and we were never meant to live in this divisive, toxic world. Can I get an amen from somebody, amen? And so if you've got your Bible open to Matthew chapter 28, let's read there what Jesus' words say in the New Testament. Jesus said this, and Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me back up and remind us of what this is. Does anybody know what this is called in the church? This is not a rhetorical question. Anderson, what is this called? This is known as the Great Commission. Okay, the Great Commission. Now, the reason that this is great Bible nerd moment here is because there's actually five commissions in the New Testament. There's one in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. There's five of them. This one in Matthew is known as the Great Commission because it is the only one that actually says the phrase, all authority, all authority. I wanna talk to you about that real quick. Why was it such a big deal that Jesus stood up and he said, translation, I am boss, What I'm about to say is important. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And why do we know these were not just words that came out of his mouth, but this was actually an authority that he put on display? It's because when Jesus spoke these words in Matthew 28, he had just been resurrected from the grave and it was 50 days after his crucifixion and he was standing up in front of, the Bible tells us, around 500 followers and he was showing them that he had scars where he had been crucified and that he was in fact resurrected in power and then he stands up and he looks them all in the eyes and he says, hey, I have proven it. I am what the entire universe is about. I am in charge of death itself. And I want you to know that I have the authority to grant you authority that you might go into the world and tell the world about the victory and the hope and the good news that they can have in me. That's what this moment is. It's known as the Great Commission. Now, this has been spoken to thousand years ago, but just to let you know that the Great Commission is alive and good all the way on the other side of the globe in South Carolina today, if you have been saved at New Spring Church 
or been baptized at New Spring Church, just like Jesus talked about right there in the Great Commission over the last 20 years, I want to invite you on every single campus to stand to your feet. If you've been saved, met Jesus at New Spring Church, or you've been baptized in New Spring Church over the last 20 years on every single campus, would you stand to your feet? Look around your church family. Come on, we can give the Lord a hand for this. Let's not let those masks hold us back. This is incredible. Amen, amen, amen. You can take a seat. Jesus spoke those words 2,000 years ago and his disciples have been following him in this great commission for the last 2,000 years and teaching people the good news about Jesus. Letting people make a personal decision to follow Christ and, and from the inside out their life has changed. And one of the coolest things happened the other week in New Spring Church, we got to celebrate as a staff and I wanted to celebrate with you. In the last 20 years of our church's existence, we have seen more than 50,000 people give their life to Jesus Christ. Is that not incredible? Wow. It's been an incredible journey over the last 20 years, but what I wanna do for the next little bit is tell you what God is gonna do over the next 10 years. And so I want everybody, if you've got this uh, ability to write this down, I want you to write down the year 2030. The year 2030. That's 10 years from now, 2030. How old are you gonna be in 2030? <laughs> 10 years older than now. How old are your kids gonna be? My, my oldest, Campbell, she is seven. She'll be 17 in 2030. Would y'all pray for me? Uh, I'm just gonna let our Fuse ministry know. Y'all better buckle up, get ready. I need a small group leader or 10 in her life. Come on, somebody that loves Jesus. She's gonna be not listening to mama anymore at 17, and she's gonna be listening to some great older college girls, I believe, that are a part of maybe a young adult in our Fuse ministry. My, my little man Gaines, he's 17 months old right now, so he'll be right about to bust into middle school. Coming into the, the 11 and 12 year old range, I hope our middle school ministry is ready for that, but where will you be in 10 years from now? Where are you gonna be in 10 years from now? Uh, well, I wanna tell you what I believe the Lord has spoken about our church and what our church is gonna be working towards over the next 10 years. The first thing I want you to write down that I am convinced that our church is gonna be doing is our church is convicted, not just convinced, we're convicted that God has called us to be a multiplying church. That great commission does not give a whole lot of wiggle room. We've been called to go into the world and tell and share the good news. Aren't you glad that somebody believed the Great Commission and told you about the good news? Anybody can testify to that? I don't know who the person was in your life that told you about Jesus, or maybe it was a group of people, but the reality is, is that in the, in the next 10 years, we have the opportunity to not just be a product of the Great Commission, but to sow into the Great Commission ourselves. And I want you to know that this church, New Spring, feels that God has called us to be a multiplying church, to go and to reach. That is a part of the, the, the following of Jesus. If you're gonna be a follower of Jesus, then there's going to be a verb, action, going to the life of those that follow Christ. There is no such thing in the New Testament of people that are converted and not going. One of the ways that you can know that you really are a Christ follower and not just playing religious games is that there's something in you that will not be okay with people around you not knowing the good news of Jesus and splitting hell wide open in eternity. 
Now, I know that is not PC to say, but I want you to know you're not going to a PC church. We're a Bible church, and I don't care what is popular or what. We are about Jesus Christ, and I want you to know we believe in heaven and hell. We believe that everybody you know in 100 years from right now will be in one of those two places, and we are committed to telling people the good news of Jesus, and not just telling them so that they might be converted, but to teaching them the things about Jesus so that they might actually be fully functioning disciples, and your church is going to be a growing and multiplying church. And listen, I want you to know that's the house you're sitting in today. That's who we are. And I want to invite you to take a step into this and give you some real practical ways because this is not going to happen on the talents of few. It's going to happen on the commitment of everyone. Amen. It's gonna happen on the commitment of every single one of us to say yes, young and old, to playing our part in all the campuses that we're a part of across the state. That is what God is calling us to. And so I'm excited to tell you about some very specific news about how we're gonna multiply in the next 10 years. Namely, we are going to be a church that plants other churches. And over the next 10 years, New Spring Church, I believe, and your elders have affirmed, your staff is unanimously in agreement that God is calling New Spring Church to plant 10 other churches in the next 10 years. Anybody excited about that, Anderson Campus? 10 churches. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about 10 New Spring Campuses. I'm talking about 10 churches raised up, leaders right here in these places where we lean into young men and young women who have heard the voice of God. They've been raised up in our kids' ministry, our student ministry, and they've been, uh, again, worshiping with us for years, but know that God has called them to go to Memphis, Tennessee, or go into uh, wherever. You know, let's pick some, New York City. They're, go they're, they're gonna go and they're gonna move to places all over the world to tell the good news of Jesus Christ because how many of you know that our world needs the good news of Jesus? It's the only thing that'll make a difference. The reason I want you to know this is because you need to have a vision about this when you're serving in Kid Spring. When you're teaching that group of five-year-olds, you need to know some of them are gonna be a part of this kingdom-expanding vision in the years to come. When you're serving in Middle School Fuse, right now some of them are meeting in our other auditorium here in Anderson or, or Middle School Fuse on Sunday nights or in Wednesday afternoons uh, as we have Fuse for our You need to understand that you're serving the next generation because Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. And it was called the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. And we're taking that seriously. I wanna invite you to take it seriously too. I want you to know that uh, we're pumped about this and, and these 10 churches that we plant, this is the big vision and dream for the next 10 years, but we have some other work to do before we can begin planting these churches. And I wanna share with you today a little bit more about that. So I wanna put four other numbers in front of you today. These four numbers, 45, zero, 18.4, and 100. Let me tell you about 45. 45 is actually 45 million. Everybody say 45 million on three. One, two, three. 45 million. That's how much debt New Spring Church had in 2016. Woo, <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. And in 2016, if you're just jumping into our journey, we went through a massive evolution and we had some big transition and we had $45 million in debt in the bank you might be asking, where'd that debt come from? Well, it came from the seat that you're sitting in more than likely. 
We've got campuses in Columbia and in Charleston and in Florence, and we've got beautiful facilities in Clemson and Powdersville and down in Myrtle Beach as well. And we've got campuses in all these campuses that we're sitting in. Well, we, we had some of the money up front, but the majority of that money, we went to the bank and said, hey, we believe that we need to borrow this money. And so we had $45 million in debt in 2016. Everybody say, wow. wow. Let me tell you about this zero right here. That zero represented how much money we had in the bank towards building new churches. Zero dollars. Everybody say, wow, wow. 45 million and zero. We had a huge burden in front of us. Well, let me move you over here to this side so you can smile a little bit more. Uh, well, today is 2020, and I'm excited to report to you that today, we have $18.4 million in debt in 2020. That's a difference of $26.6 million over the last four years that your church has been able to pay down because of the faithful partnership of men and women like you that are a part of this house, that have said yes consistently to being a part and bringing your tithes and your offerings and to, to making sure that, again, we, we are doing our part to pay that down. Honest to goodness, I want you to know that's a miracle. That's a miracle because ministry hasn't slowed down. The needs of our communities haven't slowed down. We haven't slowed down preaching the gospel. Last year, in the craziness of all of it, we still saw a thousand plus people meet Jesus Christ and over a thousand people get baptized last year, going public in their faith. And God has been doing an incredible work in the midst of this, this happening. I wanna stop here and celebrate because I get to stand up here from time to time with a microphone strapped to my face. But one of our other elders, you don't hear from him often, but he and his team have been the incredible leaders that have been gifted in this. His name is Lead Pastor Michael Mulliken and all of his financial team that are a part of our staff. Could you help me celebrate him and the way that they have built budgets and our staff members that have been disciplined to make sure that they don't overspend. We, we stretch every single partner dollar that you give so that we can see the gospel brought, but so we can also pay down this debt. And one of the ways we're gonna be able to plant 10 churches is we're gonna get out of debt in the next few years. We are on a trend line, church, to have zero debt. And just imagine what we can do in terms of getting behind people that are going to plant churches when we're not having to pay the bank this huge debt mortgage, right, basically. So just while I'm here, if uh, you're here today and you have $18.4 million that you would love to say, you know what, I'm gonna jump in and I wanna jump on, I want you to know you can give that today in your tithes and offerings and we will answer this real quick, okay? You're laughing, but I'm not joking. If you really feel led by God to go ahead and sow that in the New Spring Church, we'll go ahead and get after these 10 campuses, okay? Or excuse me, 10, 10 churches. But I just wanna say thank you. Now, let me get down here to this 100 that's on the screen as well. Because in the middle of this, we've not slowed down and our Greenville campus will step into a brand new facility on January 24th, 2021. And so I want you to write that date down. January 24th, 2021, here in just uh, two uh, four-week cycles, our Greenville family will be in a brand new facility that was paid for 100% in cash. We didn't go to debt. We, we were able to build that facility and we were able to get excited about what God's gonna do. And it's a state-of-the-art, one-of-a-kind, beautiful facility right there in Greenville so that we might see people meet Jesus 
so that we might see addiction broken, so that we might see marriages restored, so that we might see kids raised in families that know the love of Christ, so that we might see legacy. And so that I know in Greenville right now, they're clapping their hands and they're stomping their feet because they're so excited to have their own home after, listen, crazy 10 years, 11, 12 years of loading in and loading out, and they're gonna have their own facility. And then that leaves two other facilities that we need to talk about. Because part of this 2030 vision isn't just to plant 10 campuses or 10 churches. It isn't just to get out of debt. But I want you to also know that we are going to do everything we can in the next few years to get all remaining portable campuses in permanent homes. And we're excited about this because before we can go and plant church in the earth, we've gotta make sure that our home base is covered because we believe that God has given us a beautiful responsibility to the state of South Carolina. And so what I wanna talk to you about today is our uh, primary next step in Hilton Head. You've already heard Jason in the video earlier, but I wanna show you a little bit of why it's such a big deal that we have facilities in the two communities that we're gonna talk to you about um, over the next couple of years. So let me look at this slide real quick about growth in our state, okay? This is some growth in our state. I want you to look at this. Uh, over the last several years, the state of South Carolina has been booming in population growth. Now, what's crazy is this has been, over even the last 10 months, has been accentuated because of folks getting out of big cities because of the coronavirus. Many of you are, might be here today, and I can't tell you how many first-time folks I've ran into at many of our campuses from New York or New Jersey and the Northeast, and they're moving out of big cities and they're jumping into South Carolina, but from the time of 2012 to 2017, Population change uh, from, from uh, the state of South Carolina, the two massive places that they've seen a great population change are in Bluffton and Fort Mill. Bluffton is our Hilton Head community. And Fort Mill, Rock Hill, Lake Wiley is our Rock Hill community. And that's the two areas where we have campuses right now today that do not have facilities. I want you to know that your pastors want you to jump on and help us so that we might build church in a place where people are moving from all over the world. And you know what? There is a bigger pandemic in the earth than coronavirus right now. You know what it's called? It's called lostness. And people are moving to our state faster than they ever have before. And they're moving to us and they don't know the good news of Jesus. And so we've got a burden and a calling from God to get the good news to them. And so both Rock Hill and Hilton Head, we wanna see you in permanent homes in the days ahead and we cannot wait to see the life change that'll exist as you get a campus. You don't know this if you're in a building today, a New Spring permanent facility, but one of the things that we've learned through the coronavirus season is we're not in charge. We're not. And our, our friends and family that are up in Rock Hill and are down there in Hilton Head, they've had to be flexible and nimble because the folks that used to let us rent to gather on Sunday mornings, well, they don't like our cooties or our germs right now. And so they won't let us gather for church on Sunday mornings because it's not our home. And I'm here to tell you that will not be the case for long because we are going to get a facility so that these people have places to meet and gather and share the good news and preach the gospel and see kids raised up in places where they might know the good news of Jesus. And listen, that's why this is such a big deal. And so um, one of the really cool things you heard about a minute ago was you heard Jason talk to you a little bit about this Hilton Head facility. 
I wanna show you the floor plan of it again. So here's the floor plan for our Hilton Head facility. Let me tell you about this facility. It is located, if you're in Hilton Head, you'll know this. It is located between the uh, USC Bluffton campus, college campus, and a huge development that is going to be the home of 20,000 families over the next um, few years that are coming into the area. It's a huge, massive build out. And this campus, this piece of property is located in the main thoroughfare between those two locations. It's a, it's a gift church. It's been vacated for almost three years and uh, it was previously a call center. Now it's gonna be a center where people are called. And it's gonna be the place where folks get to know who Jesus is. And this is the way the floor plan looks right now. That's the craziest thing. It looks like, it's built like a new spring campus. It's got a great place to gather up there on the top right where we're gonna be able to have 400 plus people gathering in multiple services. And uh, right here in the middle in the atrium and then walking to the back right there where that highlighter is, that's gonna be a connect room. It's just like if you're at a permanent campus, just like your connect room that has a big glass storefront so folks can lean into the promises of God and get connected. And then down here in the bottom, what does that look like, everybody? It's like it was built for being Kid Spring. And it's a place where we're gonna be able to reach kids with Jesus on their level. And we are so pumped about it because it's not gonna require so much money to get the whole place ready to gather. And we are excited about the 2020 Christmas Overflow offering because we are already under contract with this facility today. And we have already seen the Hilton Head campus. They've already given $100,000 towards this effort. Come on, let's celebrate that, that's a big deal. They've already, I was down with them just a, a few weeks ago and they've been meeting with Jason and he's been sharing this vision with them. But when I was down there meeting with them three weeks ago, I got to hear an incredible story that I was very familiar with because um, it, it's a story that involves that number 10 because I'm talking to you today about what we're doing in 2020 for the next 10 years. But if you can, I want you to go back 10 years ago to 2010 and in 2010, I got to meet for the very first time this sweet couple, I wanna show you their picture. This sweet couple, their name is Ken and Bonnie Dalrymple. Now, some of you here in Anderson, you know Ken and Bonnie because they were here in Anderson in 2010. If you're down in Hilton Head, you know Ken and Bonnie because they have relocated and they're a part of that Hilton Head community. But did you know that 10 years ago, that sweet couple right there with smiles on their faces, they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They didn't know him. They were both unbelievably successful. They were, they were plant managers right here in the upstate and they had more money, Ken will tell you, than they knew what to do with. Um, they they, they had, you know, had success and had lived the American dream, but they were still searching for something more. And the craziest thing happened, um, a New Spring pastor moved in next door to Ken and Bonnie. That New Spring pastor was Pastor John McDermott. And at the time, John and I worked together and I didn't know Ken and Bonnie uh, like I do now, but we used to have a, a time of prayer every single week where we as a staff would get together and pray about some of the things that are going on in our lives. And I heard John tell the story of his neighbor Ken and his neighbor Bonnie who he knew didn't know the Lord and he was just asking for prayer. So week after week, we would be praying for different things. We'd be praying for um, you know, what's going on in school or be praying for somebody that's going through cancer or something. And, and John would say, hey, let's pray for Ken and Bonnie again. I believe God's working on their life. He actually called Ken and Bonnie a pre-believer. 
and, um, and they had all kinds of conversations and, and John had invited them to church a lot, but Ken and Bonnie, they just kept saying just kindly, graciously, well, that's fine, that's good, but we're good. We, we're, we're doing all the good things. We're, we give to charity and we, we try to be good neighbors when we can be good neighbors. And, but, but they kept having these questions. And finally, in 2010, they said yes to coming to church. And they came to an Easter gathering. And at that Easter gathering, they heard the good news of Jesus Christ about how there was no way you could be good enough. But actually, Jesus came because we never could. And he gave us a perfect example and he makes his life and his death available to us that if anyone would receive him as Lord and Savior, that he would die our death and pay all the sin debt for our sin, past, present, and future, which is a pretty good deal, by the way. You can't find that one anywhere. And so he, on that Easter Sunday, responded to the good news message of Jesus Christ right here at New Spring Church. And Bonnie did just a few days later, and their life radically changed. Like, I know you hear that, but their life really did. They started looking at the retirement differently. They started looking at their free time differently. They started looking at their resources differently. Heck, they started looking at when they were getting done and they were gonna retire from being plant managers, where they wanted to move to, where the gospel was needed and where they could have the greatest impact. And you know what they did? They, they began to look at growth maps and started deciding that they could make a difference in this community called Hilton Head. And so years ago, they purchased a place down in Hilton Head so that they could retire there because they were so committed to the gospel good news message not being something that they just received but that they had to tell and share with others around them. And so they're a part of that Hilton Head campus. And three weeks ago, I got to hear Ken stand up and share what Jesus did in his, share what Jesus did in his life 10 years ago. And he stood up in this room, in this home, and he shared how Jesus had met him where he was, how he didn't, he didn't know anything else to try but finally, somebody introduced him to Jesus and he said yes, and his heart changed. Bonnie's heart changed. That everything about their eternity, they felt everything about what life was really about. Their priorities shifted. Ken said these words. He said, I used to be a PhD sinner, but Jesus saved me. And I want all of our friends, and he's talking to his Hilton Head community, I want all of our friends and neighbors to know the good news of what Jesus has done in my life so that they can have a relationship with him too. I'm committed to this, and he invited that room to be committed to it as well. And I just want you to see that God can do so much in 10 years, church, and that there is so much noise in this world, and there's so much wasted time in this earth. And one of the things that begins to happen, and I think that's happening in the earth right now, is that God is getting the tension. He's getting the attention of his sons and daughters. Do you feel this? He's getting the attention and he's saying, hey, don't miss what life and eternity is really about. Don't waste your time out there chasing things that it's not really about. Because in a hundred years, souls are gonna be all that it's about. 100 years from now, there will be people, your friends, your family, your neighbor, your, your coworkers that are gonna be somewhere. And you have the opportunity today to make a difference. So don't get distracted by all the noise in the earth, but be focused in and give your life to something that matters. Give your, give your resources to something that's making a difference. And so I'm here today unapologetically to say to you, that's what this church is about.
That's what the staff members are, are doing. There is not a staff member at New Spring Church that's working a job. 100% of them are working a calling from God. They've given their lives to it. And I know that that speaks for many of you as well. Some of you volunteers, you've been faithful. I was looking at the Bradbury's a minute ago, brother. I love you, man. I'm so grateful for the way you've given yourselves to this. I've been looking around the room all day at people that have greeted and given themselves to Fuse and Kid Spring. And man, there's, and listen, I just want you to know there's room to jump in. And so if you've been kicking the tires of Christianity or maybe kicking the tires of what's going on here at this church, this season is the time. This next 10 years, you have a part to play. So don't stand on the sidelines and just hear the stories about what everybody else is doing. Know that you have an invitation to jump on board and get involved. You've got the opportunity. You and your kids are gonna be different because you do. 10 years from now, you're gonna look back on this season and go, oh my gosh, I am so grateful that we jumped in and we started giving ourselves to that. And it's gonna make a big difference. But here's what I want you to know. We say this around here, but I want you to know it's true. All of this will happen at the speed of sacrifice. We're not gonna move faster than the speed of sacrifice. The kingdom of God moves at the speed of sacrifice. God could just snap his fingers and make it happen, but that's not what he does. <laughs> he invites us in because he wants us to enjoy the beauty and the worship that's on the other side of the sacrifice. You know, God started the world and God's space and man's space was the same space. Adam and Eve, God, they were together. But what ended up happening in that garden in Genesis chapter three was sin separated God's space from man's space. And we've been living in a broken reality ever since. But the message of the Bible is how sacrifice is the thing that brings God's space and man's space back together again. In the Old Testament, it was that spotless lamb once a year so that God and man could be reconciled. And so thousands and thousands of spotless lambs were killed so that God's space and man's space could be together again in the temple of God, in his temple. But then we all know the good news of Jesus Christ who was the capital L lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And 2,000 years ago, when that spotless lamb died on the cross, God's space and man's space had the opportunity to never be separated again. This new covenant of Jesus' sacrifice made a way for people to be in relationship with God. And so God's space and man's space would not exist in facilities called temples, it would exist in hearts called his church. And so for those of you that know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is our great opportunity to sacrifice, to pray, to serve, to give, to partner, so that we would not be the only ones to enjoy this great truth that God and man were meant to dwell together for all eternity, and he has invited us to play a part. So I can't help but lose my voice over something like this. I can't help but get emotional over something like this. Heck, I can't help but go over time a little bit for something like this because I want you to know that the invitation is for you to play a part this year. So I wanna invite you to your feet, church, as we step into a time of invitation because we've been talking about hearing God. And I want you to know right here at New Spring Church, we have heard from God. We are gonna be committed to raising up and sending out and giving gospel goodbyes to people we love, all for the cause of planting church in the earth. We're gonna be absolutely intentional about spending every single dollar that is given in a way that gets that debt off of us because that debt isn't just financial debt, it's a spiritual debt that we still need to pay.
And we're believing that once that debt is gone, we're gonna be able to focus in at the same time on these permanent facilities so that our campuses can have homes. And that's gonna establish a beautiful foundation so that we can make a huge dent in the pandemic that's worse than the coronavirus, the pandemic of lostness. So I'm just inviting you to hear from God in this season about how you can play a part. How, what, what part do you and your family have to play? Your marriage, you as a college student, you as a single working person, it's not just again, gonna be on the back of the talents of a few, it's gonna be on the small yeses of all of us. And this overflow season is our very first next step in this 10 year vision. And I wanna invite you in to playing a part in it. Would you pray with us? So Father God, we bow our heads and Lord, I've done my best to put this clear vision that I believe is from you in front of your church here at New Spring. And so Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters over the days and weeks ahead that you would speak to them and that they would have a stirring and a conviction to play a role in this as they serve as they give, as they pray, as they say yes to being here and not just being an observer, but being a participant every single week in the work that you're doing in each one of our cities. Would you show us that God, you don't do this on the special skills and talents of a few, but the work of your church is done on the yeses again and again and again of just average and ordinary men and women who have said yes to this great commission that you spoke 2000 years ago. We really do believe that all authority is yours, Jesus. And we really do say yes to this great call. We will play our part. So we're waiting on you to tell us what our next step is. We're gonna listen to you, Jesus. And we're gonna do what you tell us. So we worship you now as you speak to us over the weeks ahead. In Christ's name we pray.